The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Business of Sports. The cold hard truth about the Olympic journey is not really been financially incentivized in the same way that many other professional sports are. The business of basketball involves ZBA, Global, our licensing arm, Think 450. All of those things will make up what that looks like. Money in sports is one of the reasons why I enjoy being on Monday Night Countdown. We talk about some of the more interesting aspects of business of sports. When you talk in sports, discipline is the bridge from being good to other being great at whatever it is that you're trying to be or accomplish at your profession. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast where we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Mike Lynch. And we are going to talk about religion of sports. Now, what is it that you're saying? Amith Senkaran, Chief Executive Officer, and Gotham Chopra, co-founder of Religion of Sports. Thank you so much for joining us right here on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thanks for having us. Well, forward to it. Yeah, nice to be here. Thank you so much. So I, I will start with Amith. What is it? What is Religion of Sports? Religion of Sports, actually, you know what? I'm going to pass to Gotham to define as the founder and the visionary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I'll come at it from a creative place. That's my role. You know, I founded the company, gosh, now five or six years ago, along with Tom Brady and Michael Strahan, both of whom are, you know, big contributors to the company, um, but also have day jobs that keep them busy. Um, you know, religion sports is really like a vision that I had many years ago. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, as a first-generation American, and, um, you know, sports was a language. It was about assimilating, becoming American. When you grow up in a place like Boston, you know, the Red Sox are a religion, the Celtics, you go to the cathedrals and the mythologies that surround sports and athletes, the Holy Wars, Red Sox, Yankees, Celtics, Lakers. That's what I grew up with. And later in life, as a filmmaker, storyteller, I realized, man, that same sort of passion exists all over the planet. And so that's how we started, which is to tell stories about you know, set in the world of sports, but are bigger than sports. And, um, you know, it's grown over time. And, and that's probably where Meep can take over because we've evolved from, you know, making shows and a production company into more of a studio and media company that's now conceiving, owning content in a pretty explosive media and industry. Um, but yeah, Meep, I'll hand it off to you now. We're a content business. We uh, we produce unscripted documentary style content, as Gotham talked about, that's what he's been doing and you know, arguably one of the best in the world at. And we've expanded, though, around Gotham. We have a team of filmmakers, producers, editors. Um, we're deep into narrative uh, storytelling and audio. We've started our scripted division, but it's all kind of with the ethos and the DNA Gotham talked about. Uh, and we distribute our content everywhere, ESPN, uh, Facebook Watch, Showtime, Amazon, Apple, uh, all of the big streamers and, and uh, linear players. So you talked about how you were raised in Boston, Gotham, and you grew up knowing about these sports heroes like Tom Brady. That's great, but how do you go from knowing them to forming a company with them? And how, how involved 
is a Tom Brady beyond having his name in the credits. Walk me through yeah. how, how that materialized. Well, you know, I was fortunate. You know, my father is Deepak Chopra. So I've kind of grown up around the world of fame, you know, and celebrity. And from the storytelling side, like you said, I grew up, I was really passionate about sports. I love that as a filmmaker. I live in Southern California. Tom actually used to spend a lot of his off seasons in Southern California. So I kind of met him um, along the way, had a mutual acquaintance, et cetera. And this is maybe going back eight or nine years now. And I shared this at that, at that point, religion sports was an idea, kind of what I described to you. I, as a fan, knew what it was like to experience sports as something bigger than just statistics and sabermetrics and scores and stuff like that. And I kind of shared that with Tom. And Tom was like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Like, probably from the other perspective. Um, you know, I'd also at that time worked with Kobe Bryant on a film project. And, um, you know, there's, there's capital in that. There's, you know, once you're sort of in that circle mm -hmm. and there's a trust, those sorts of athletes tend to, okay, like if Kobe can trust you, I can trust you. And so it was an evolution over that. And then, you know, we started working on that project. Initially, that was called Tom versus Time. And um, that really, at the time, I think Facebook Watch was just launching. So it was sort of the perfect storm. And then, you know, likewise, Michael Strahan, who by that time, you know, his Hall of Fame NFL career was over, but his Hall of Fame broadcasting career was just getting started. So I met him kind of more through like the media circles and network, shared the vision with him. And again, I mean, these things come from, in my experience, not like some elaborate, I didn't walk them through a business plan, I shared a, vig a vision with them and one that really resonated with them because they had both been at the epicenter of these fates, you know, the Patriots, the Giants. Um, they, of course, had their own tangled history, you know, but, um, but uh, have become really close friends and huge supporters. And so to answer the latter part of your question, look, they are obviously busy doing what they do. Um, you know, Michael and broadcasting, Mike and Tom still playing, but they're, they're pretty active. They're both on the board. Um, they're both early stage investors in the company. They both open up their Rolodexes and contribute pretty much wherever we ask them to. So very supportive, I would say, almost like week-to-week -week basis. Hey, uh, Gotham, it's Mike Lynch up in Boston. Uh, great to be talking to a Belmont Hill grad. And um, Of course. Um, you are welcome. a big part of my religious sports like, upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> I you all the time. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. So uh, I want to get a little bit deeper into Tom's uh, involvement in, in uh, Tom versus Time and uh, the man in the arena. Does he actually look at the dailies? And does he say, you know what, cut this thing out, I don't want to say this, and oh my goodness, the lighting is bad here. I mean, how when he is the subject, is he also a producer as well? Yeah, it's a great question. And by the way, you mentioned the last part of that. Tom is obsessed with lighting. It's fascinating. I know he is. He's always like, man, do you think it's too dark on the left side of my face? <laughs> like this is a great factoid. On... Um, but, you know, like, oh, he's probably more so, you know, when he was with the Patriots, was a little bit more sensitive, you know, and I think it doesn't come from him not, you know, wanting, to, well, one, the Patriots culture, as you know, as pretty much everyone knows, was such where I think everyone was extra alert, you know, and hyper aware and not to sort of rock the boat. So I think he was aware of that sort of stuff. I think over time, I mean, one, obviously the, the Bucks culture is very different, so man in the arena, and he's away from the Patriots. But I also think, like, there's just more trust, frankly. I mean, we've worked so much. I am a lot, you know, more aware 
of where his sensitivities are. And, you know, candidly, his sensitivities are always around the team. Like, he is hypersensitive about this idea of disproportionate attention or accolades going to him because he's very much, I mean, going 20, back 20 years, and if you watch Man in the Arena, I mean, he's always, like, when he watches the Daily, then he does. He's like, oh, you know what? I forgot to mention <laughs> the offensive guard. And sometimes yeah. I don't come. We, we got to, like, but he's, that's where his biggest, I would say, vulnerability is. But most of the stuff around the dramas and the deflate gates, like all the spy gates and stuff like that, he doesn't care. He's kind of like, it's all out there, you know? Everybody has an opinion he talks about it quite openly so he's never really pushed back too much on that stuff you had mentioned it earlier and i was going to apologize for asking this because your last name is chopra gotham and uh your dad is deepak chopra you know that's like you know someone asking me hey your last name's Barr. are you related to roseanne Barr?" is like no no, 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 no. <laughs> so it's like but yes you are the son uh of deepak chopra what has that celebrity status influenced you in your path? And what has it taught you about the media and being famous? Well, I think, I mean, there's a practical aspect to it, which has been very advantageous, you know, and I'm not, I don't shy away from saying that. I grew up around it. One, I'm comfortable around it. Two, I was exposed to it at a very young age. I met Michael Jackson and Elizabeth Taylor growing up there, you know, in Boston, Massachusetts. And like I said before, that comes with the sort of capital I think famous people are, frankly, comfortable around other famous people, you know, or like that sort of culture. So I think it was sort of helpful in terms of Kobe was probably the first, you know, super A-list athlete that I ever worked with and was also someone who had the reputation for being combative and secretive and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, was probably just paid itself forward over time. I mean, I guess what I've learned from a storytelling perspective, by the way, it's great because the great thing about fame is like there's a public narrative. People already know Tom Brady or think they know Tom Brady through the way that he's been portrayed, you know, for years and years. And so you, you have something to work off of. Obviously, then when you have the person and you're able to sort of do it more subjectively, um, you can play off that tension, I guess, between what the public thinks they know and what, you know, privately. And by the way, that's, no different than my father. I've grown up with him. He's he's famous, and he's been famous for a long time. And so there's there's a sense of like, oh, I I've been reading his books. I've watched him on TV. I follow him on social media. I know your dad. And then you know, to me, he's my dad. <laughs> like you know, and uh, I made a documentary many years ago, basically about that. It was like one of my first projects. And so from a storytelling perspective, it's it's sort of interesting device to play with. It also can be a challenging one because obviously famous people can be very sensitive about their public persona. It is their equity. And so you just have to navigate it around it, you know, mindfully. But I and fortunately the team around me have become, you know, somewhat skillful around that. I think just from a practical content perspective, one thing that's been really useful that Gotham almost just lives and breathes and doesn't even think about is, all these athletes, Tom Brady, Simone Biles, Steph Curry, they are great at what they do, and that greatness doesn't just come from, you know, physically what they're doing. It's this holistic lifestyle. It's nutrition, mental awareness, wellness, um, relationships, recovery, breath work, and so forth. And those are things that Gotham has grown up with, and so profiling those, getting deep into those, and making those interesting is kind of one of the things that makes religion and sports and our content so compelling. Mm -hmm. And that also comes from a very substantive way in what 
you know, I've seen him not only grow up with, but, but live. And so that actually has been a really interesting thing to see come to life in a almost a different manner through content. Well, I was going to say, I know Scarlett and Lynch, he scared the hell out of me, man. Being so nervous, man, with these two famous people <laughs> next to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. God, oh, help me. <laughs> Amit, I, we, we talked about the content. I'm curious about the distribution here. Um, a lot of the the seasons and the series that you've produced are on Apple TV, for instance, or Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, Facebook, Facebook Watch. Um, these are all new platforms. Can you explain the strategy, the thinking behind whether you go for traditional linear TV versus these new platforms? Are you a streaming first company? No, I, th I think one. So two things. One is first, if we think about religion, sports, the brand and the IP and so forth. I mean, there's lots of companies that have uh, set the strategy forward even before streamers, of course, whether you look at Pixar and others where you know, I've, I've looked at or DreamWorks or like looked, at, looked at multiple platforms and said, hey, how do I distribute content? across different platforms and you know bring things that have our shared sense of dna and perspective and so forth and of course now you know, some of those all live within one platform but but not always and then i think i think then to answer your question what we hear a lot is you know all these companies and whether there's quote-unquote streamers first or linear first all have a different strategy and different audience are trying to aggregate and different messages they want to get out in the world and that of course shifts all the time and so we're just in constant conversation with all of them and trying to think about how can what we do best and the content we create and the access and relationships we have and the creators we have in our network help bring the best to bear for that project and that strategy. And so sometimes we'll have a very unique point of view around something like a project like Greatness Code, which, which you know, very much Gotham conceptualized and we did in collaboration with Spring Hill and the folks at Uninterrupted um, and took it to the market. And Apple was just a great fit because they actually wanted to explore doing something really short form. Um, and then something like Tom versus Time that Gotham described, you know, became a really interesting thing for Facebook Watch to kick off with. And it was just relationships and talking about strategy and trialing something new and different. So a lot of times it's not necessarily an intention that this has to be on that platform and more just aligning idea with uh, a distribution strategy. So I understand you're going through some rebranding. Would that mean a new title, new name? No, I wouldn't say rebranding. We just have, you know, religion of sports is, we've expanded. And so I think it's it's less about, quote-unquote, rebranding. I mean, we, we our tagline since the beginning has been kind of why sports matter, why are these things on the field more meaningful, as Gotham described, than, than the stats and the scores and what are the life lessons you take away. One of the things we're learning um, and now we're expanding into is that version of how, you know, greatness comes to life and, and how you can you know, get you can create compelling takeaways doesn't have to be limited to athletes or to teams. And so there's actually musicians and others that we're started to work with where the same kind of core DNA and essence comes out. And that's something that we've broadened now and we've intentionally started to broaden you know, outside of pure. I think most of the things we're doing are in the sports landscape, but I think there's some that are very interesting that are, that are broadening kind of the DNA outside. Amit Sankaran, Chief Executive Officer of Religion of Sports, and Gotham Chopra, co-founder of also Religion of Sports. Thank you both for joining us right here on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. You guys were very nice enough to join us, and we really do appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday talking to you about some of the biggest issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I'm Scarlett Fu, and I'm on Twitter at Scarlett Fu. And I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me at LynchyWCDB. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world.